My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Mmm, ooh, guys, you have great questions. Again, who in the hell writes these questions? I know you do, but my God, these are great. Um, wow. Uh, I thought this was going to be an easy question. Usually you get the last question. It's like, just take it home. Um, that is a really good question. So try to avoid the shortcuts. So we're all trying to figure out how can we get to that success faster. And every shortcut T I ever took just led me to disaster faster. You got to take the time. You got to put in the effort. And since you are putting in the time and effort, it better be something you really love. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Tiny Giants, the creator economy show that's about career over celebrity. I am your host, T. Adela, your favorite former 400-pounder getting you fit on all things creator economy. And you just heard from today's guest, Park Howe. Park Howe is known as the world's most industrious storyteller, having grown purpose-driven brands by as much as 600%. He is a 35-year-plus veteran of the advertising industry and now consults, teaches, coaches, and speaks internationally to help business, sales, and marketing leaders excel through the stories they tell. He is the host of the popular weekly Business of Story podcast, which is ranked among the top 10% of downloaded podcasts in the world. Park published Brand Be Witchery in 2020 to help you use his proven story cycle system to craft spellbinding stories for your brand. In 2021, he co-authored The Narrative Gem for Business, a short 75-page guide on how to use the foundational narrative framework of the ABT, which stands for and, but, therefore, to make you a more confident, compelling, and persuasive communicator. And I've been rocking with Park and using the ABT for a while now. Years back now, he did a um, giveaway, which I won and got a free consulting session with him. And he helped me craft my brand story. And I've been using his guide ever since. So I recommend it enthusiastically. So without further ado, my conversation with Tiny Giant, Park Howell. Park, thanks so much for joining me. T, it's so great to be here, man. It's good to see you again. You and I had a chance to get acquainted several years ago. Mm-hmm. You were on the business of story several years ago. Yep, yep. And it's just been so much fun watching your journey. So nice to see you again. Yes, sir. You as well. Park was, he's actually only the second person on my podcast who was on the first podcast 
way back in 2017, the Marketing Disenchanted podcast. The first was, of course, Jason Falls. But you were the the second person I had on my show who was now on the second show. So welcome. <laughs> so great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Sort of the the whole premise of this show is that you get big by going small. Don't try to boil the ocean. Don't try to be all things to all people. Pick a lane and, or a niche or niche if you're fancy <laughs> and sort of own that niche, and which you have certainly done in the realm of storytelling. So sort of take us on that journey. Tell us that story of how you picked your niche or maybe how your niche picked you. It's a great question. And, you know, I, I guess I've been a creator my whole life in that I started learning how to play the piano in the third grade, and I naturally evolved into writing songs. And, and T, I was writing all kinds of songs as, as a little kid, and I kept writing them. And then I went to college, and I studied communications, and I got a degree in music composition and theory. So I was always thinking, man, I, I would love to be in a creator economy, and that's before the term was even around. But what I did is I thought, well, I can get into advertising and be a creator in advertising and then play to the commerce game, right? So I figured that was my most direct route. And I did all that and went in and I worked. I spent my first decade working for other ad agencies and I worked internally at an electronics firm as their creative director for a little while. And then I launched my own advertising agency called Park & Co. And that was in 1995 in Phoenix, Arizona. And I ran my agency for 20 years, and I spent a good portion of that time trying to figure out what we slash I wanted to be when we grew up as an agency. And I made the, the biggest blunders that so many people make, and that is trying to be all things to all people because you figure, well, the more people that can use me, of course, the more money that I can make. Well, it doesn't work that way. It's actually the exact opposite. It's completely and utterly counterintuitive. And I had a number of really smart people show me the right way to go. And that is, like you said, T, pick a lane, niche, niche down, niche down, whatever you like to do and stand out, stand for something for a particular community. And it was, you know, later in my career, halfway through it, that this really rung true to me. And what I found in all of this, you know, as it takes, you know, as we, we explore our journeys through life, is that my niche was helping communicators connect on a very deep primal level like they never have before. And I found that through storytelling, the three story frameworks that we teach, all starting with the and but therefore. And it was when I started teaching this and I fell in love with the fact that I was teaching it at Arizona State University. My clients were coming to me, asking me to teach them and their people how to do it. That's when I evolved away from running my ad agency. And I'd read it for 20 years. And in 2016, my sole focus was on the business of story and my singular niche. And that is to help leaders excel through the stories they tell. And, you know, true to your, your podcast here, Tiny Giants, I went from running my fairly sizable ad agency down to just me. <laughs> Talking about downsizing, I had a couple of them came along as virtual uh, colleagues of mine who are still working with me today. But it is, it's, it's niching down and not only what I offer, it was even streamlining how I offered it. That's why I'm here with you today, man. 
Thank you for that context. That's very, very valuable. So given your purview on that journey, are there any giant non-obvious traps that you will call out? And I'll go first as an example. So as you know, I'm a professional digital marketer by trade. And when I first cut my teeth way back in the early 2000s, I just went to Google and typed in how to make money online. (laughs) (laughs) And I was immediately beset by just a bunch of crap, frankly. And I got bad information and I picked up a lot of bad habits that I was not aware of at the time that I was picking them up. Because to say that I was green as a blade of grass doesn't quite say it. I was damn near Namekian. I was so green for all my Dragon Ball Z fans out there. And so because I was so new, I didn't have a a frame of reference or a context to be able to decipher the good from the bad. So I just accepted whatever was put in front of me. And I made a lot of the same mistakes that a lot of digital marketers made during that time frame in terms of, you know, keyword stuffing and masking and all that good stuff. And it wasn't until I came to Full Sail University a full 10 years after I graduated high school that one of my professors had to gently sit me down and have a corrective interview right, and say, hey, all of this stuff you're doing, that that's not good baseball. That's not how we do it. And it's like, oh, because, you know, no one had ever had that conversation with me. Like I graduated high school in 2002. And so I was just out there in the wilds of Google getting it right. So that's one of the giant non-obvious traps in the digital marketing space. And really the topic of my second book is to really like display Bell that. So given your space, given your purview, are there any giant non-obvious traps that you will call out to people entering the communication space or even if you could go back and talk to your younger self? Yeah, uh, try to avoid the shortcuts. So we're all trying to figure out how can we get to that success faster. And every shortcut T I ever took just led me to disaster faster. You got to take the time. You got to put in the effort. And since you are putting in the time and effort, it better be something you really love and something you believe in and something that you almost naturally do or do naturally do in your life that brings value to others. So I had mentioned earlier, I studied communications, got a degree in that. At the same time, got a degree in music composition and theory. Now, I knew I would never make money as a composer. I just, I enjoyed doing it, so I studied it but I figured I could make a pretty good living in the advertising world. And I figured what I would learn in that music composition and theory course would play over to the rhythm of writing, communication, you know, a big event planning, that kind of thing. And it really has. So fast forward all these decades. Now I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you are. And probably most of your viewers, listeners here, the work that I did in communications and music has come together in this intersection of basically story composition and theory. And that's now what I teach. So it came from my natural love of music, how these rhythms work, how basically creativity works and how we can hack through the noise and hook into the hearts of people with the right creative output, whether that's music, whether it's a podcast, whether it's content, whether it's a speech, regardless, whatever, whether it's an email, whatever kind of messaging you're trying to to do to connect with that person is all of that effort over all of these years comes down to one thing, and that is to help people excel through the stories they tell. But 
the biggest mistake I made along the way was trying to take shortcuts when you just got to put in the time and the energy and the reading and try lots of different things and learn from your own mistakes. And over time, it's going to mature for you. It's going to happen. It doesn't happen overnight, but if you really believe in it, then all that time and equity and sweat you're going to put into it is going to pay off because it's coming from an authentic place in you, something you really already love to do that you're willing to put that effort in so that you can share it with others to make their lives better, to make their careers better, in my case, to make their communication sharper, clearer, and have greater impact. Well said, sage advice. So another benefit of being a giant is that you get to throw your weight around. You get to (laughs) knock down trees and move mountains. So talk a little bit more about the change that you're trying to create in your space with the wonderful work you do over at the Business of Story, as well as the podcast and, you know, the books that you've done and co-written with Dr. Randy Olson. Tell us more about the space that you're, you're shaping. Yeah. So there's a screenwriting coach. I think he's now since passed away over at USC who was legendary. I never worked with him, but Dr. Randy Olson told me about him. He had taken some of his courses. His name is Frank Daniels. And Frank Daniels said, a story is only good as the villain is bad, which I really love that. Now, the villain that I help people overcome are kind of like these two henchmen, the henchmen of boredom and frustration. And these two backyard bullies love to run with each other, and they love to go out and embarrass people, frustrate people, make their life a living hell. And the way they do that for folks in the business world, leadership world, or whatever, is to make their communication boring, confusing, obfuscated, whatever it takes to lose an audience, which then frustrates the storyteller. So in my world of business of story, those are the two villains that are work side by side that I am out to thwart. And the way I do that is I teach people like you and your listeners how to use these three proven narrative frameworks that I mentioned earlier, allow you to hack through the noise and connect on a very primal level with your audiences. So number one, you have their attention. Number two, you have them leaning in to your content. And number three, you are building trust so that you can excite them to action. And when you do this, when you use these frameworks, you lose that frustration of that content creator who is pushing out a ton of content that doesn't feel like it's ever hitting anywhere, you know, where you feel like you're being ignored or worse, you're just completely invisible in the world because of those two henchmen of boredom and frustration. And my job is to help you overcome them by empowering you and actually actually firing up inside of you something that is already intuitively there. You are a homo sapien, which means you are a storytelling monkey. Storytelling is what separates us all from every other primate or organism that we know because we think, plan, act, and organize using story. But we're never, ever taught how to do that in our lives. That's why I relish my role in this day and age. My clients call me the world's most industrious storyteller because I like to share with you how you can use it to literally build anything, build your persuasion, build your influence, build your company, build your movement, 
build your following, whatever it might be, comes down to this simple secret of using these proven frameworks that I did not invent, that have literally been around since the beginning of time, that I simply reveal to people and show them how to use it day in and day out. That's my mission in life, to overcome those two henchmen of boredom and frustration. Two henchmen of boredom and frustration. I've never heard it put that way. You, you see, folks, Park is what they call the genuine article. This has been riveting. So we are going to take a short break. And then when we get back, I'm going to continue my conversation with tiny giant Park Howell. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And we're back. So, part, I want to switch gears and get a parental perspective from you because I have three little ones. My oldest son just turned 13, my daughter is nine, and my youngest son is six. And all three of them want to be creators, right? So I'm I'm partly doing this show selfishly to sort of help me lead and guide them through this new and burgeoning space, as well as to help parents like myself who are in a similar situation, who have young people who want to be the next Mr. Beast. And so sort of the two foundational stats that this show is founded on is the first is that Lego and Harris Poll did a study and found that three times as many children ages eight to 12 want to be YouTubers than astronauts. And then follow that up from a global survey. This is worldwide. Adobe did a global survey and found that just shy of 50%, 49% of Gen Z intend to pursue content creation as a career. And so as a parent, this sort of gives me pause a little bit because of something called the law of large numbers, right? So if everybody rushes into the space, there's that much more noise. It's going to be that much more difficult to rise to the top and people are going to fall by the wayside. And the strategic answer to oversaturation is niching or niching if you're fancy. So niching down so you can sort of separate yourself from that. So given that context um, and given that buildup, two-part question. How would you counsel someone like me who has three little people, all of whom want to be creators? What would you tell me based on your experience on how I talk to my young people? And then part two of that question, if you had to talk to my little people directly, what would you tell them? Terrific question. So I have three kids as well, but they're all grown and gone a little bit older than yours. Um, Our daughter who just turned 40, she is a creator. By the way, all three of them are creators. 
she went and got her degree in interior design and did has lives over in San Diego. Worked with a company called Pow Wow, and they were doing these amazing attractions where people would get married out in the desert or they would have like a big event going on and a powwow would come in and, and, and bring in all of this different sort of uh, furniture and wall hangings and whatever. And they would create these scenes, just absolutely beautiful. Of course, their business got hit when the pandemic hit, but they moved on and they literally got the business partners together, bought a small town called Hakumba outside of San Diego, Hakumba Hot Springs, and are completely remodeling the hotel, the town and so forth. I tell you all that because she's a creator in the interior design world, but she has her degree. She has a college education, which is really important because she had to understand the business side, the customer relations side, so that she could do her creative side. Number two, our, our son Parker went to film school at Chapman University in Orange, California, graduated in 2010. He has been a creator ever since, and his main niche is working in virtual reality or what he calls mixed reality filmmaking. He was in Hollywood for 12 years, has since moved to Austin, Texas, and is just killing it out there. When he was going to college, he said, okay, it's great. We are investing in film school. That's your creative creator content side, but I want you to at least get a minor in business because you don't want to be sitting in our basement knocking out videos that nobody sees and you're not making any money at because business drives all create the, the creator economy, right? Number three, our youngest son, Caden, he's up in Las Vegas. He is an audio engineer, works for a studio up there. He did not take the traditional route of going to university, but he went to the Recording Arts and Sciences. It's crass. Recording Arts and Science. No, I'm sorry. Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences out here in Mesa, Arizona. This amazing program that, by the way, they had like 12 of their students were just recognized with Grammy Awards because they were a part of the recording team for the different Grammy artists that won. So Cade went to that. He's up in Las Vegas working and finding his way in the creative community, creator community. My number one thing for you and your kids and anybody listening to this is you got to get educated around it. You can't just show up. You might be a great hip hop dancer and you're out doing it as a 13 year old and you got this following online. That ain't going to cut it when you get to the 20s and 30s. Go get educated. Um, you might want to be a music producer. All right, you're writing songs like I did as a little kid, and you dabbled in. You got all this te technology. You can create this stuff on GarageBand and everything else. Go out and get educated. It's not enough. Very few creators who are just naturally creative and like doing it and don't educate themselves to the nth degree about their world, about their audiences, about the business that makes it happen will fail. Very few of them actually make it. So those that are willing to put in the hard work and go get educated beyond high school. It could be a trade school, it could be a university, it could be an MBA. I mean, as far as you want to take it, that's the, my biggest thing. My The thing that bothers me the most in the creator economy is so many of these people that are just winging it, that are kind of all right average at what they do, but they think they are so marvelous and influential and changing the world, and they just simply are not because they have not put in the time and effort to get themselves truly educated on their craft so they become an expert at it. Then they can start manipulating and having fun with that craft and literally making it their own as they go.
you're speaking my language because the title <laughs> of my second book, Straight Out of Context, Why Google is No Substitute for College in the Information Age of Misinformation and Fake News, or no, rather, Fake News and Misinformation. That's the title of the book. But I like yes, I, I couldn't. Thank you. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. So Park. This has been tremendous. Nothing left to do but roll out the red carpet. Please give everyone your social media handles. Tell us how to find you. Tell us about any giant projects you got coming up. The floor is yours. Awesome. Well, I want to make your listeners tiny giants as well. Even if they aspire to be humongous giants, you got to start from a tiny giant standpoint. So what I'd like to do is make available a couple of things for them. And we're going to have a special landing page for your show, T. Send them to businessofstory.com forward slash TG for tiny giants, right? And what they can get there, number one, is a free download copy of my latest book, The Narrative Gym for Business, which will teach them about the and but therefore narrative framework, our very first framework that we build everything off of. The one framework I wish I had learned in the third grade but I learned about a decade ago from my good buddy, Dr. Randy Olson. He and I co-wrote the book, Narrative Gym for Business. They can download a free copy of it there. And I've got, as you know, my online course. It's a one-hour, three 20-minute modules by me that will teach you how to use the and, but therefore, to make your messages land right the first time. And if you're a creator in the creator economy, then you have to be able to tell your story. That begins by clarifying your story to amplify your impact, simplify your life. You can take the course there and um, you'll have 30% off the fee to, to do that. And I don't give away the course because if you give away anything like that, people then don't see any value in it and they don't do it. I feel you've got to invest in yourself and therefore you'll have a 30% discount there. Um, and then finally, there'll be some contact. All my contact information will be there for them too. My name is Park Howell, P-A-R-K, Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L. So you can find me on LinkedIn because I have such a weird name. It's just linkedin.com forward slash Park Howell. Same as Twitter, Facebook, and so forth. So come on over, check it out at businessofstory.com forward slash TG for Tiny Giants. And you'll get your free download and uh, 30% off the course. And you can reach me through that particular landing page. Prizes. I like it when the <laughs> gifts give gifts. So thank you, Park. This has been tremendous. I appreciate your time. It's so good catching up with you again. Oh, man, my honor, T. Thanks so much for having me back. Tiny Giants is an audio companion to and the first chapter of my first book, Beyond Buzzwords. Social media, mobile, and other marketing buzzwords ain't the half of it. Available on Amazon. If you enjoyed this podcast, chances are good you'll like the book too. I'm proud to say that while the book has aged, it's not dated. Sure, some examples could be freshened up, but strategically, it's as rock solid as the day it was written. Not every author can say that. I encourage you to pick it up and leave me a rating and review. It really helps. I have like one rating on that book from my mom because she loves me, and I'm positive that you'll love it too. Head on over to tinygiants.tech for more episodes and whatever else I have going on. While you're there, leave me a voicemail with your question, comment, or feedback for improvement. I may play that voice recording on a future episode as I answer your question or address your concern. 
If you, your company, or school needs help with college, career, and creator readiness strategy, or to book me to speak, drop me a line at t at tinygiants.tech. If you or someone you know is doing big things in small or not so small niches, or as we like to call them, tiny giants, and they will make a great guest for the show, email me at t at tinygiants.tech. Thanks for listening. And remember, you get big by going small, but to prioritize career over celebrity. But no matter what you choose, know that I'm rooting for you. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.